0: Madam, and I'm Rob, and welcome to a new Holodale Media podcast.
1: Brand new Halloween is behind us. Yes. Christmas awaits. But no, not yet. No. Yes, it's coming.
0: There are people. I've, have you seen people with Christmas trees in their windows? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Disgusting. Just across,
1: just across the way. As I was coming up the stairs just now. There was a girl across the way putting up blue Christmas lights. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's too soon! uh, We drove past the dog with a festive collar. It's, it's not, well you know what, it's been a bad year. People are looking for that Christmas comfort to take their attention away from the disgusting pandemic. Why? Why Christmas though? What's, what have they got in November? They're gonna fireworks night's gone. Yeah,
0: well, it's, it's still going on <laughs> here every night.
1: Well, that's today. Today is Diwali, so I uh, know where um, there's loads of fireworks going off.
0: Ah, that makes sense.
1: So there's a bit of Diwali going on. Anyway, why don't we celebrate more Diwali in November?
0: Uh, well, depends that... where you are in the world, I suppose.
1: Yeah, true. I mean, here in here in the UK, I'd like to to learn more about Diwali. Well, do it. Well maybe I will. Well
0: maybe you should. Okay then. Well good. Yes, so we've been away for a little while. We had a little break after our
1: October activities. We did. Yeah. Um I've gone I've whisked myself away from the flat for the first time. Um for two weeks to my girlfriend's house. I have been watching Trolls One and Trolls Two on a loop.
0: Oh god. (laughs) With a four year
1: old girl. Like I've seen those films so many times now. I know (laughs) <laughs> I know the plot I know the lines and they're pretty good do you want to
0: buy my copy DVD copy of Troll 1 and Troll 2
1: <laughs> look
0: I've got a oh, new this one is,
1: this is a live action troll <laughs> do you know what they're, they're actually really good films they're DreamWorks, so they're from the school of Shrek and so forth as opposed to Pixar and Disney and blah Um, and I tried to make her I was like oh, okay. okay you love Trolls so much you're going to love Shrek Shrek is my Trolls to what uh, Trolls is to this girl so I was thinking Shrek is my childhood thing. I loved Shrek so much. This
0: childhood? We were a bit older Not childhood. Though. We
1: were about 10 years old when Shrek 1 came out, sorry. Um, 11 maybe. Were we? Yeah, 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 we were. I remember being a teenager. I'm pretty sure we are like kids. 2000, 2001. I thought, it was, oh, maybe it is. 2001? 2001.
0: 2001,
1: yeah. Um, even despite the fact the internet has turned Shrek into some sort of perverse sex monster oh yeah still like more (laughs) beyond any other fictional character Shrek is even worse than Sonic like Shrek has been turned into let's
0: not go down the Sonic path I
1: know we won't go down the Sonic path again but Shrek's like he's a Flying rapist demon <laughs> um, well he's got layers hasn't but he, he does have layers but I still love him I, Shrek's still my favourite um, of those kinds of movies Disney included by far I tried to show a Shrek having none of it it's dated now there's not enough going on there's not enough bright colours there's not enough singing trolls yeah. is constant music and singing and dancing and Shrek can't deliver that so I will not be watching Shrek on repeat which is a shame because I could kind of bear that instead forever forevermore um, oh
0: I'd be interested to see what your breaking point would be
1: It'd be a while if weird. we lock
0: you in a room with Shrek playing on loop.
1: There's four Shrek movies I can watch, so there's a while, so it's double the time to get tired of them. I
0: think there might be more.
1: There's Shrek the Halls, which is a Christmas special, which isn't a feature length. I think okay. there's four and then a, spe- a special or two.
0: Your Shrek knowledge is very impressive.
1: Yeah, well, I love Shrek. Um, but aside from that, yeah, it's um, it Trolls, man. It's a good film. But, Have you um,
0: seen, uh, was that including World Tour? Trolls, what? Yeah. Right. Have you seen it? No. It's very but I've good. I've seen it advertised every single platform. Right. It's really good. I think it's been released in cinemas like four times because of the pandemic. As well. he's
1: in It's kind of like a plot that I had a plot idea for a movie where the, there are gods of music. Like there's yeah, a rap yeah, god yeah, yeah, of music yeah. and a rock god of music, and they all you they're like Greek gods in, the, in terms of how big and strong. Do you
0: remember they are. we, we reviewed the trailer of Trolls World Tour and you talked about that then?
1: Yeah, it's my idea, um, and I've, they've stolen it. Um... It's good, it's got loads of metal in it, it's got like Aussies in it, Um, the soundtrack's amazing, Um, but I've seen it ten times in the last two weeks. (laughs) So, that's my life now. Um, Well, good. What have you been watching?
0: I've been watching a few things. Right. Auntie Donna's big old house of fun should be mentioned at the top of the list.
1: It's quite something, isn't it?
0: It's remarkable. It's amazing. To give it some context, we discovered Auntie Donna... On mass during pandemic one, lockdown one, uh, and lockdown two kicks off with their Netflix special.
1: So they're intertwined (laughs) with our lockdown journey, and it's
0: manic. It's uh, the the Netflix show could be described as a kids cartoon Mm. with shades of the young ones, yeah, and a little sprinkling of Monty Python, maybe.
1: And Sesame Street. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's just a cartoon. It's like um, Animaniacs. I don't know. It's, it's just mental.
0: But, and then something really adult will happen. That's the thing as well. Yeah. It's not so much swearing, but lots of... Well, <laughs> did you you saw the Stray Man
1: sketch. Which one was the Stray... Oh, uh, with uh, Homelander. With Homelander. Yeah. That was a weird shot. <laughs> <Really
0: weird. laughs> um, where... Mark lures a stray man back to the flat. And then it's revealed that he's keeping him prisoner. And drugging him. And he's been de-sexed.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's all really,
0: really horrible.
1: <laughs> it's really dark. It's just... I don't know, man. I, I, I watched two episodes in a row and I was like, enough. Like, I want to like put sort of save this. You binged the whole thing in one go. I
0: binged the whole thing in one day.
1: Wow. Yeah, that And was... it, it
0: definitely gets better because it's got really high highs... But I found there's lots of lulls, which is weird for a 20 minute show. Right. Bearing in mind these guys have done live shows where it's two hours solid exactly. and no like, lulls in there. Yeah. I don't, know, I don't know. Maybe it's just the way they produce it in America. Mm. I have to have a little bit of breathing room, maybe. Um, but by the end, it's solid. The last two episodes, I think, are just
1: genius. Okay, I'm on it. I'm on it. Oh, uh, yeah, I'll keep going. I'll keep going tonight.
0: Weird Owl cameos, which is nice.
1: Always, always appreciated. Uh, I've seen, yeah, I've seen a clip of him in it.
0: Weird Al has been a supporting comedy for about fifty years now.
1: Just here and there, it's He's amazing. He pops up in the Naked Gun, and then, um, I mean, where, where else has he been? He just. Like, uh,
0: oh. He popped up in a couple of Transformer things because he.
1: Why? <laughs> and why hasn't he aged?
0: Well, that's the weirdest thing. Is he all. an alien? Yes, it's him and Gilbert Gottfried. They always turn up. Wow. <laughs> what else have I been watching? There was something else. I'll start with The Expanse again.
1: Nice, nice.
0: That was very dramatic.
1: Good-o, good-o. Uh, hmm, there was something else. I watched the South Park Pandemic Special. Oh, I have seen later. that uh, It's bloody hilarious. It's so funny, and they go too far. But like, it's, it's not too far because it's South Park. But um, with the Black Lives Matter thing, they kind of don't dance around that at all they just go smashing into it with i've ram. seen some clips they it's um, all intertwined the thing it? that happens with token yeah so yeah. they put the police in the schools to protect them the, the students because the police are out of business because they've been defunded randy we find out that he may have had some sort of blame with the whole thing in general coronavirus spreading he's involved <laughs> and it's his Descent into paranoia and madness have been found out of the atrocious things that he did right, okay. with Mickey Mouse <laughs> in China. Um, oh my god, it's yeah, it's very funny. Where is it? Um, well, we have a TV license now, so you can watch it on Comedy Central. Oh, but we don't oh, have, well, a yeah, yeah. We have a virgin box. Stupid TV license. Um, yeah. TV license
0: is good for one thing BBC iPlayer. BBC
1: iPlayer, yeah. We, we're not on Men of ITV, are we? No.
0: Um, I don't even know what's on ITV that's worth watching
1: I'm a celebrity get me out of here no there you go no
0: (laughs) disgusting Um, oh the the last thing worth talking about but it's a one way conversation because you haven't seen it The Mandalorian season 2 ah yes of course hit the ground running it's incredible one episode uh, caused arguments in the fan community because Baby Yoda does something appalling and it's full of giant alien spiders, which freak everyone out. Oh, I'm in, and that just that one episode is brilliant. The latest one has fish people in a fish land, surrounded by fish.
1: Okay, I like it.
0: And that's the first time the plot happens. That's three episodes in. So
1: It's not Gungans. No. Nope. Oh, okay. No, that will never. There'll be no more Gungans. They will never
0: show up. Okay. But oh. no, it's uh, it's 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 really brilliant, and it's. See, episode three's just come out, and that's answered the main question I've had since the beginning. So, it's developing, which is good.
1: Okay, I promise I will one day camp on the foot of your bed and watch all of it, because <laughs> Disney are not getting another penny from me as long as I live. Oh. I stand by that.
0: Never again buy a ticket to a Marvel film.
1: Alright, they're going to get money from me, they're going to probably get hundreds. <laughs> you know.
0: All right, well, that's the uh, we've been chatting away. Let's oh, bloody hell for ages. What's coming up on the show?
1: Right, we're gonna talk about a movie um, which has taken a while to get to, and uh, with good reason. Zardoz. 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 Um, In yeah.
0: honour of Sean Connery, who recently passed away, we have decided to watch his possibly his worst, and most embarrassing film.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we we, could, we had a of iconic Bond movies to watch we had Indiana Jones uh, I, we had Entrapment, entrapment. We, <laughs> we dodged Catherine Cedar <laughs> Jones bottom so we could watch Zodos. Sean Connery's nipples <laughs> um, hairy pale nipples mm. we'll tell you all about that um, we've got Fortnite Schmort Night and we're going to take a little dip into some conversation about masculinity in, yeah. in film Mm. Yeah. in.
0: And some reviews and stuff as well, of course. Alright.
1: We'll get into it.
0: Yeah. Adam's Film Reviews Venom 2018 Thank you for bringing us collectively to this moment. It is a moment that so many have dreamed of claiming. History starts today.
1: The guy you work for is an evil person.
0: I don't work for him. My firm works for him. Are you going to behave yourself tomorrow? I told you I'm going to do my job. I'm a reporter. I follow people that do not want to be followed. What about the allegations that you recruit the most vulnerable for tests that end up killing people?
1: Your time to go. I'm finished, Mr. Brock. Is that a threat?
0: You had to learn how to hide in plain sight. I'm pretty good at it. But you, you suck.
1: Whoever you are.
0: I work at the Life Foundation, and I need your help. We found something. We call them symbiotes. Carlton Drake believes that the union between human and symbiote is the key to our evolution. I'm feeling really sick.
1: I'm hearing a voice.
0: You're not real, you were just in my head.
1: I'm gonna need Mr. Drake's property back.
0: I I don't know. Despite it being part of the same franchise, Venom kicks off a brand new universe completely unrelated to its Spider Man origins. In the film, we introduce the investigative journalist Eddie Brock, played by Tom Hardy, who probes the dark dealings and human experimentation rumoured to be going on at the Life Foundation, run by the Bond villainess Carlton Drake, played by Riz Ahmed. Pushing maybe a bit too far, Brock is thrown out on the street by Drake but also then his employer and his fiancee Anne Weying, played by Michelle Williams. Unable to find any more work, Brock is at his wits end when he's approached by Dora Skurf, played by Jenny Slate, a scientist working for the Life Foundation. See Dora is terrified by the lengths Drake is going to in his efforts to research something it turns out the life foundation recovered a life form from space known as a symbiote despite their best efforts the life foundation has been unable to find a suitable human host for the alien symbiotes leading to a staggering loss of life and a lot of mess to clean up blah 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 obviously brock ends up infected with a symbiote the eponymous venom it starts small a slight fever then a a little bit of mania, and then overwhelming hunger. Brock is infested with an alien creature and is at first quick to dismiss it, until it starts talking to him anyway. Loud, guttural and savage, the alien's voice tears through Brock's mind in a manner apparently influenced by Ren and Stimpy of all things. Yep, these two characters, Brock and Venom, both played by Tom Hardy, are at each other's throats until something crops up that might endanger them both anyway. Enter the SWAT boys. Pursuing Brock for his trespass and, yeah fair enough, outright theft from the Life Foundation, his San Francisco apartment is rudely invaded by a bunch of armed armoured men and are swiftly shown the exit as Venom it soothes black gooey stuff from Brock's body, slapping SWAT silly and performing some pretty awesome action sequences which continues throughout the rest of the film. Now, as all comic book origin stories go, Brock Venom soon go up against someone with the same powers but bigger in the form of another symbiotic partnership in Drake and its own symbiote, the terrifying Riot. As they plot to uh, uh, go to space and get more dudes or something... Uh plot is not the strong point in venom the story does it's pretty by the numbers and i'd be lying if i said i didn't quickly lose interest where venom excels is quite literally tom hardy his manic performances as both brock and venom are the standout success of this film with shouting arguments bleeding into impressive set pieces presented by director ruben fleischer as an action horror buddy cop film, Venom serves just enough to get a pass. As a superhero high intensity high stakes thriller, it misses the mark. Honestly, this is one that probably should have been a slow burning TV series, have Brock report on some dastardly criminals of his new brain slurping partner as an anti-hero, leave the globe threatening adventure to the boys in shiny suits. If you're already invested in the extended Spider-Verse, Venom's worth a watch. Ultimately, though, you may as well just watch Upgrade. It's the same, just better. What the hell are you? We are Venom.
1: Welcome to Fortnite Schmore Night. Marvel Studios' EVP... Executive Vice President?
0: Environment versus player in the MMO community.
1: Eagle Vagina Puss. Sorry. Marvel Studios Eagle Vagina Puss. Victoria Alonso has confirmed Black Panther um, star Chadwick Boseman will not be replaced with a digital double. Why why did I even need to (gasps) say that? (laughs) That's horrific. Why was that even... I don't think it was ever on the table. I don't know who asked. So, so so this is her quote. No, there's only one Chadwick and he's not with us. Our king, unfortunately, has died in real life. Alright, yeah. <laughs> yes, he has. Yeah, yeah. Um not just he's the, dead. He's, everyone, <laughs> yeah. he's never do, coming back. A, he's dead. <laughs> um Not not just in fiction, and we are taking a little time to see how we return to history and what we do to honour this chapter of what has happened to us. That was so unexpected. So painful, so terribly. So, yeah, she rounded it off in the end. It, it was a, it was a respectful nod towards Chadwick. Obviously, you know, it's a horrible thing that happened earlier this year, but surely that was never on the table. Wow,
0: they did it in Star Wars.
1: Yeah, with Tarkin.
0: And well, and Leia. Oh no, that was before she died.
1: Yeah, but um, yes, it. Mm. They've done it with it, and they've done it. Uh, I mean, they did it with Arnie, but he's still alive and stuff. I don't think. Any, it never
0: goes down well. It's always hated. It's always
1: rubbish. The only time it were, well, the only time it was um, necessary and worked was Gladiator, when they got Oliver Reed. And they, and we concentrated and we saw it.
0: Yeah, I, don't that's, think, I think that's different. When you're... When it's filmed. When and, it, yeah, when it, you're just sort Because, of, I mean, last... Uh, Skywalker. Last Skywalker? Yeah. No, no. The Rise of Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker. They obviously did that a little bit of later... Chopped around that. I think that's fine.
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah, it is.
0: Because uh, it's it's building the legacy and just sort of rounding it off as the final. But it's the... when you do it completely from fiction.
1: Yeah, which I don't think anyone expected or wanted or asked for.
0: No, 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 no.
1: Ridiculous. But um, I'm glad they're not doing it. I guess.
0: I mean, what would you do if you were Mickey? If you were Mr. Oh! Mouse?
1: Oh, uh... oh, he's dead. We've got to get another Black Panther. I already paid forty minutes. Jesus Sorry. <laughs>
0: I just um would you, well, what would you do? Would you replace him? Would you replace the character? Would you just not touch that franchise again?
1: Um, I would. Okay, so I don't know anything about the lore of Black Panther in the comics. I don't know if he ever, if there are new Black Panthers that come. I have no idea. He, well, he inherited the power from the last Black Panther. Yeah,
0: he? so I guess you just move it down the line.
1: Yeah, move it down the line. Yeah. Um, or kill Give it to his sister or kill off the character And then they're, they're mourning him Maybe he died in A battle off screen mm. Give it to his sister Yeah his sister Anything You know Obviously, obviously not The CGI recreate, recreation Which is good That they've said They're not going to do it Yes um, Christopher Columbus um, Has voiced his anger So he's the director Of Home Alone 1 Home Alone 2 He did Philosopher's Stone But this is about S- discovered Home Alone. America He discovered America He's he's not a, not a very Like, like man In the in, in <laughs> realms of history anymore <laughs> Um, he voices anger at an upcoming Disney Home Alone reboot But he seems even more opposed to what sounds Like a Ryan Reynolds stoner comedy Version of the classics so What? What? So there's a, Ryan <laughs> Let's Re- unpack that Ryan Reynolds yeah. wants to make a movie called Stones Alone Where <laughs> there's a stoner I, I'm assuming there's a stoner and then Burglars try and break into the house when he's high which, I mean, That's a fantastic which idea Charles, brilliant it sounds, <laughs> it sounds so good. It's, it's the, it's the stoner comedy I never knew I wanted. I wanted. it's weird
0: for Ryan Reynolds to suggest
1: that, it's, isn't it? Yeah, it's like really of all people. I know, but Christopher Columbus absolutely loathed the idea. Like this is what he said: the reboots are just silly to me. When I read about something called Stones Alone, they were going to do <laughs> it with Ryan. It was an R-rated Home Alone movie about stoners. I thought to myself, this is just an insult to the art of cinema.
0: Dude. Has he seen Home Alone 3 and 4?
1: Yeah, yeah, come on. An
0: insult to cinema.
1: But like, he goes, he goes, if you're making a comedy, a musical, no matter what film I'm making, my goal is to treat it with the same respect as if I was making The Godfather. Home Alone is not The Godfather, but you have to treat it with that kind of respect. And this idea of remaking things that have already exist and are working well. Watch the original, he goes. Forget about it. It's never going to be good. Um, He's right to a, in a, yeah. from a certain angle, he's right when they just need you know, like a glaring example is when they obviously read the psycho shot for shot. That's like the one extreme. But Ryan Reynolds' idea is an original comedy idea which pays homage to the original, isn't it? It's a stoner comedy.
0: Well, it's a parody, but you could you could take that personally or live with it.
1: I don't know why he's taking it so personally. It
0: sounds the, well, especially when it's been parodied to death already.
1: Yeah. Did he have a
0: problem with the robot chicken ones? And mm, sounds to me like he just wants to get paid. And he's yeah,
1: not. I don't. Know. I, 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 I would be annoyed with the Disney, the Disney reboot. I think if I was him, and I'd, I'd be fine with that. But the Stone Alone thing is completely different. Yeah.
0: No, that's dumb.
1: Yeah. Um. There's a naughty, 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 naughty Adam. This is mm-hmm. very naughty indeed. The people behind filming the Matrix Four. Have been criticized for going against German COVID restrictions and throwing a rap party. <sighs> mm. So, this is quite bad actually. The production allegedly staged a rap party that shunned COVID 19 rules by disguising itself as a film shoot. A German tabloid, Bild, report, Bild, reports via The Guardian around 200 people attended the party by pretending Ooh. to be extras. 200 people, with the law allowing just 50 people to congregate at one time. One guest described the party's exuberant mood and claims many people came wearing masks but then chucked them as the night wore on. Um, the guest confirmed that no filming took place during the alleged shoot. Uh, the Guardian has also reported that there was a dancer, a DJ, and pyrotechnics. <sighs> What's that place called? Zion? Yes, yes. So this is they basically made that.
0: Oh, that's right, cool.
1: Um, and internet darling Keanu Reeves was there. So... He's never done a naughty, has he? This is a big big naughty.
0: Mm, Hmm, that'll sound ridiculous. How do they expect it not to come out?
1: Yeah, there's there's no chance. They're always going to get caught. Yeah. It's very naughty indeed. Very naughty. We're all shut inside with our screens and our hot chocolate. And they're, they're in Zion. Having an illegal race. Does
0: that imply that Yeah, with the, the COVID police <laughs> swerving around. Woo <"Whoa!"> the, <laughs> <It's robot, laughs> the robot octopuses of COVID. It's that
1: the Eberkinzer's the been chased by Germans. <laughs> Stop! <laughs> We're not
0: making light of the situation, it's very bad. But the
1: man the man and name is Führer Schmidt.
0: <laughs> Does that imply then that film shoots are okay?
1: Yeah, so if we could make a movie and get and film, we can get drunk.
0: Well, interestingly, on the first day of lockdown over here, there was a film shoot in Hitchin Market Square.
1: Oh, yes, yes. And there was a
0: bit of backlash about that. People saying, what? Why? Why is this happening?
1: How come? Um, I'm going to touch something, though. We shouldn't It's really touch with a barge pole. Uh... But I'm just going to throw us into the world of risk. So, um, Jude Law has given his opinion on his uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them co-star Johnny Depp being dropped from the third installment of the series. Okay. And he kind of dodged it completely. He said, um, in a franchise like this, it's the studio and the company that made the big decisions and you have to go along with those because we're just a member of the team. I guess if you look into it a bit, that's like him saying, well, I don't have a choice here. He's my mate, but I don't agree with it. But what? The...
0: Yeah, that's a very wishy-washy subject.
1: He's um, He's avoiding it. Like... It's obviously dangerous territory to stick up for Johnny Depp, and I. But I was watching like—is it though? Is it though? But it wasn't is, he innocent? Look, here's what's right. So I was, I was, I had access. I was watching a TV when it all came out. I, I was right, okay, watching the entire okay. coverage on ITV. And um, so the the verdict came out. He failed in his court case to sue the son for yeah. them calling him a wife beater. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. He came out and straight away all the pressure on him. Um and how it happened was it was like a self-fulfilling prophecy no one decided that he was, his career was over until the media decided and they decided by having people like Piers Morgan repeating surely his career is ruined now he shouldn't have said that people are just going to see it like that and because they were saying people were going to see it like this it became kind of more factual
0: yeah that's how um, the media works um, yeah
1: and they kind of just ran it and ran it and ran it and but now... sort
0: of uh, my understanding of it is that it wasn't liable because all the facts pointed towards it
1: it was because he, technically he was because they could prove the violence yeah, exactly. that he so, had done to so it wasn't libel. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. said he had done things that could put him under the bracket of a wife beater but I mean the general consensus of uh, the wide world is that it was a very toxic and abusive and mad relationship that shouldn't have been they were both as bad as each other uh, Johnny Depp probably came off worse of it in terms of the injuries he sustained Um
0: Oh, yeah. He lost a finger,
1: didn't he? of his finger, like she pooed in his bed, like obviously that's not an injury. Um... Mm. But... I I, like... The thing is like Amber Heard has now been hired for Aquaman 2. So she's... She's getting roles. She's fine. What? No, that's not right. That's true. She's, She's confirmed to be back for Aquaman 2. So she's getting roles. Johnny Depp has just been dropped from... Is it because it's Harry Potter and
0: they are already treading on thin ice? Yeah, because J.K. Rowling and
1: she's reeled away from commenting and stuff. Like uh, it's a it's a time where everyone's treading on eggshells around anything to do with women being mistreated, and rightly so, rightly so. But um, in a situation like this, where I don't like him being painted as this horrific woman beater, because it's it's quite apparent that that's not his like character. I think
0: that's generally understood, isn't it? It's only that he failed the libel suit.
1: I would like to think so but the way if you read obviously it's the media but you, you read how the papers portray him how ITV and the news and what they, they say um, you would worry that people who read and watch will just not like him and be disgusted by him And uh, yeah
0: I suppose I mean yeah. I'm only I'm really going off social media I think people on Twitter are very Apologetic for thinking the worst of him. Really? Yeah. That's the kind of the gist I saw a while back. I've not really researched it. No. It's such a sticky, awful subject.
1: No, it's a shame. Um so concludes Fortnite Schmort Very good. That'll do. Chosen runs. The gun is good. Penis is evil. The guns are good. The penis is evil.
0: There's Zardoz. Why did we want Zardoz?
1: I don't. Sean Connery, a great man. Um, sometimes a naughty man, but generally a great man. A legend of Hollywood. Uh, uh, immortalised.
0: Yes, indeed.
1: Fought by most to be the best Bonds. Um, we fought... <laughs> Sean uh, Roger Moore. Roger Moore.
0: One of one of the best. Yes. Roger yes.
1: Moore. But everyone thinks he's the best. He's he's regarded by the critics and all the people as the best Bond. What? He's regarded by Bonds as the best Bond. He's regarded by Pierce Brosnan, Daniel Craig. They've both said, you know. Meh. Yeah. But anyway. Oh yeah, I know. Um. So we had to do we had to do a Sean Connery movie. Um, yeah, we did.
0: We decided not to choose Bond.
1: Yep. Because one day we're going to do a Bond special.
0: Yes. Yes. And,
1: and it might be the might be the biggest mistake of our lives when we do that <laughs> because we're going to watch them all in one go. Uh.
0: We decided not to watch more film suggestions floating around. Entrapment, as we mentioned, uh, boiled it down to Time Bandits as a fun one, and then it struck me. I was putting Time Bandits on the TV, and I remembered Zardoz. The
1: thing is, I Zardoz was in the back of my mind when we were talking about what Sean Connery film to chose, and I like, just mm. completely disregarded it because I was thinking we're not going to do. That. I don't. We're not going to do Zardos. We're not going to do it. Mate, and...
0: <laughs> I got overwhelmingly excited because I remembered I've got it and hadn't watched it.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. So it was it was um, a, necess- a necessity because I hadn't watched it either. And oh my god, what a piece of crap!
0: <laughs> oh, see,
1: <laughs> so before you go on, I know you're going to stick up for it. It's terrible. It's so bad. Now go,
0: <laughs> Zardos has a lot of ideas, yeah, and what it does is it puts them together in the most vaguest dumbest drug addled way possible <laughs> it's It's definitely a seventies film and it kind of wears on its sleeve, but there's some stuff in there like, on paper, I quite like a lot of the story stuff
1: it's um it comes at a time where the shackles were very much removed from Hollywood in terms of exploring sexuality and what the concept of sexuality was. We're talking about yeah. a time where, um, at a similar time, things like Barbarella are coming out, and um, we're looking into the freedom of w- women and men sexually. So they were playing with that and toying with that, but it just—it's just weird, man. <laughs> like it's like um. An Amdram society were given a budget, and they were given. They were told to raid their grandparents' wardrobes and like try and thread costumes together, and then put on a concept piece about God knows what. Well, it's uh,
0: they. It's an interesting thing because it made more sense the moment I realised that it was a kind of allegory for Greek gods and goddesses.
1: So you've got the... You've got the, the mords, Pantheon. There's the mortals and then the immortals. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And so what they're doing is they're, they're playing with this mortal who's turned up. It's kind of your... Um, not Hercules. But like, it's that kind of... Like Perseus. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it, when as soon as I thought that, that thought came to my mind. It suddenly made a lot more sense. And I think that's part of the weird thing about Zardos, is you kind of have to... It depends where you're coming at it from, where, the scale of how much crap it is um (laughs) the scale of crap on it's uh i was like well this is weird oh this makes more sense Mm. and suddenly it sort of changed the impact for me a little bit um
1: other than that it's ridiculous it's so stupid um there's um, so the the start really threw me um and (laughs) it kind of dwindled from there and And by the end of like, um, I was watching with my girlfriend, and she was like, "I I struggled, I struggled at the end because it was so bad." But at the start, it kind of gets off to an explosive, ridiculous. What the hell is going on? It starts off with a floating head, who tells you the plot. You don't need the floating head; you can work it out for yourself. I know it's interpretive, but genuinely, he is he really needed? That was very weird. That. I invite you to listen mm. to this story about what's about to happen.
0: See, that's a weird, that's, a, that's something you'd see in a theatre.
1: Very much so. Very much
0: Just so. Just the kind of almost Shakespearean narrator character. Yeah. It's weird that he turns up straight away mm. and sets the scene. I am Arthur Frayne, and I am Zardoz. In this tale, I am a fake god by occupation and a
1: magician by inclination. Merlin is my hero. I am the puppet master. Mm.
0: There was there
1: was something quite mythical about that kind of narrator in that time, wasn't there? Like, it, it, I mean, it's some, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's quite mythical stuff. It is in it's in a few like older movies, and I don't know. Older
0: movies, do would often have a, a title card. It'd, it'd be written down. Yeah, it's weird to have a floating head with a. Sharpie drawn mustache. <laughs> he,
1: just, he looks like um that old screensaver where the window yeah. icon is just bouncing around the screen. That's exactly
0: what it looks like.
1: I imagine if you could get that. Um for I and then and then And then a
0: second floating head.
1: <laughs> a second floating head <laughs> and he's and there's a load of weird men with like the stupid red fong things on. And then he says straight off the bat, guns are good, the penis is evil. How are you meant to cope with all of this information at once?
0: See, I, that's one of the things I like. That makes sense to me. That, yeah, because it's so the the world as the floating head tells us, it's a post apocalyptic world. It's in the future. Yeah, um, and so what what exists is a is a bunch of uh, primitive men who are given guns yes,
1: They literally spat spat out the mouth of the big stone mouth. Uh, yeah. They
0: worship this floating head, Zardoz, who spits guns at them. And what they're told is go and cleanse the world. Because mm. if there's people caused by the penis
1: Another apocalypse will happen. Yeah.
0: The then and humanity is 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 diseased and, and rotten. And I quite like that. That that there's a there's a weird purity to that idea. And it, it's just told very weird. And they're very distracted by the men in the red yeah. underwear.
1: <laughs> it's interesting because these red people, um, to them, they are doing God's work. And um, when Sean Connery's character Zed is describing it to um, these God-like people later on who we'll get to, he very much describes it as kind of like an act, um, a religious act, a holy act, to go and kill these people yeah. and mount these women. It's...
0: Well, initially, they're told just to kill. Mm. And then, as we find out a bit later, they're given new instructions to enslave Basically, and they started rounding people up and making them work in the fields to make bread. Green bread. Uh well, to make the wheat anyway. Um So they they are acting on the on the on the word of God, but there is a doubt in it. And we see that when the guns arrive and Sean Connery Z is his name, uh turns and shoots the camera. Remember that?
1: <laughs> 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah. as soon as it happens, just
0: before the logos from the Guitar Hero pop up, yeah. as well. Zardoz, uh, because he's gone, he's broken into the floating head. Yeah, what's he doing?
1: And um, then floating head, other floating head from the start comes and gives him a bollocking and then he shoots him, and he flies off in a really silly way. <laughs> yeah, and
0: it would make more sense if he just fell.
1: I thought, <laughs> I thought that was part of his power because I'd already given him a godlike status yeah. as the blue floating hair. He
0: describes himself as a magician, doesn't he?
1: Yeah, and that's yeah, that even pays more sort of credence to him flying off into the clouds. I didn't understand that he'd fallen to his death and was then going to be regrown as a fetus inside a plastic packet.
0: Um, <laughs> why were there? Why in the head? In the stone head where Sean Connery shoots Zardoz? What were the other people there?
1: Very, very good question. I don't know. There were
0: just people in packaging. It reminded me of um, Comic Book Guy from The Simpsons when he buys celebrities and yes. keeps them in the packaging. <laughs> That's what I the only thing I was thinking.
1: They were terrifying, actually, weren't they? I found them a bit unnerving. Actually, there was there was one woman he was stood next to me for a while. who had like a red lipstick face smushed into the plastic. Yeah, okay. quite creepy. Mm. Um, but that at that stage of the movie, it was so intriguing, and uh, I was like, "Well, okay, right, this is good. Where is it going to go?"
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So where does it go? The head uh, after Zardoz gets shot and flies away. The head lands in a sort of Irish farmhouse.
1: Yeah really picturesque irish farmhouse with weird sort of uh inflated balloons which like kind of rests against the house um and it's very um it's just literally like that's where the sci-fi becomes bizarre in the very 70s it's literally just a, a big house
0: yeah it reminded me of uh, star trek the original series that sort of stuff uh, really where you're just in a place you're in a place with people mm. and maybe there's some weird architecture um so this came out in nineteen seventy four. Um and immediately it feels like nineteen
1: seventy four. Yeah. Oh definitely.
0: The farmhouse is is mostly women. is that right in saying mostly so, women?
1: We're um we're I can't remember already, I, I can't remember who said it. It was meant to pose- it was meant to represent a matriarchal sort of world, right? And then Yeah. And like in any given scene the women are kind of active and walking around and being explorative, especially when Sean Connery's character that when he walks into a room the first time, they're kind of touching him and yeah, exploring yeah. him. And the men are all kind of standing there, like looking a little bit ashamed and like kind of in these poses that are, I don't know, submissive and they're not doing anything. They're just staring into space. The only man who really does anything his friend. is friend, his friend. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So that's the thing. The, the world that he's arrived in, um, at first he finds, like, magician stuff and a ring that projects holograms and all that stuff. That's very quickly forgotten. Because he ends up talking to um, this group of sort of elven very Doctor Who-esque sci-fi characters. But they're all kind of aloof and strange. And mostly wearing quite risque clothes. But it's supposed to invoke a, uh, a carefree world. Yeah. Um... Well, they don't really care about sexuality, but to us, they're very revealing. Mm. Um, so, these people are called the Eternals, um, and Zed soon meets uh, Consuela, mm. horrible, haughty Consuela, and May, who's more teacher like, just more mm. inquisitive, a bit more scientific.
1: Yeah. Well, she kind of possesses a role of kind of feeding him more information on how to survive in this world, and he's. Well, the of...
0: first thing they want to do is, that, well, the first thing they think is, "What the hell is this guy doing here?" Mm. Uh, the second thing is, they start studying him. And we find out that the world is divided, um, so you've got the post-apocalyptic wasteland, and then you've got the sort of heavenly place inhabited by the Eternals, and the Eternals are so separate now that they they've just. They want to know more about him and sort of what he's seen. They recognise him as a as a well he describes himself as an exterminator. Yeah. And that's kind of his role, the power given to him by Zardos to, to murder people. Um and they're fascinated by it. They they project his memories on the screen in front of the whole council.
1: Yes, they do, don't they?
0: And everyone's like, Oh, what the hell's going
1: on? And bizarrely they have power over him, like friends just to put him in his place right at the start. He kind of psychically telekinesis him so mm. uh, Zed can't hit him and he flings him away with his psychic powers So uh, Even
0: before then doesn't he point his point gun at May He points mm. his gun at May and she does she blows it out of his hand yeah, it's a,
1: really that, I don't know if that's explained <laughs> properly
0: what the, It's implied that the Eternals are like the best, that they're the children of the scientists who ugh, God, mm. so there was a post-apocalyptic situation, presumably nuclear war A bunch of scientists built uh, a commune, protected, separate to the world. They called it a a vortex.
1: Yeah, the vortex is the world, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, So they've
0: kind of they've divided the world, kind of I suppose like the sort of Asgard, Midgard that kind of separate separation. And the scientists' children are the people we meet, who are all immortal and they live forever. And they're called the Eternals. Um, And as we find out, they are sexually inactive
1: no it's good. It's, they've evolved out of it as far as they're concerned well they they,
0: they 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 point out that the men just stopped being able to get it up mm. and they didn't need to anyway because they they live forever and if they do die they come back to life anyway they get regrown that's why that's presumably that's why the men are seen to be more submissive
1: yeah and then there's that amazing scene where um ab oh, uh, slash the other one Wants to demonstrate to the council how, how beastly uh, Zed is. Penic erection was one of the many unsolved evolutionary mysteries surrounding sexuality. Every society had an elaborate subculture devoted to erotic stimulation. But nobody could quite determine
0: how this becomes this.
1: So yeah. they show two varieties of porn. What's <laughs> the? F- I remember the second one is the mud wrestling.
0: Yeah, the first one is soapy Soapy. Breasts. I
1: mean, Sophie bath breasts. <laughs> I mean, did a fourteen-year-old boy know, choose
0: I know, that? I know, I know. Can... like
1: kind of uh, porn music over the top. <laughs> <laughs> so they
0: they show him that, then they show him mud wrestling. Yeah, but his eye is drawn to Consuela.
1: And He has a boner,
0: <laughs> and everyone's like, oh.
1: and he's just looking at her. Over. Yeah, yeah. They look, oh, he's got one.
0: Apart from Consuela, who is deeply offended,
1: Ho- horrified.
0: Do they point. They have this weird conversation that. Uh, arousal. They can never work out arousal. Mm. That's a 70s dialogue, isn't it?
1: But then there's a bit where uh, one of the female characters is, I don't know if she, if she jumps Sean Connery and she wants to shag him. One of them gets horny at one point. in the, Probably the last three oh, quarters. Of oh,
0: the one he awakens. Yeah. Oh, and- yeah, That that's a whole other. <laughs> so, yes, in the Eternals world, it's very this is this is interesting because this is another thing I quite like in Eternal, Eternal's World everyone has to live in blissful peace mm. if you have a negative thought that is a punishable crime yeah which is very social media a tumbler swings to mind attention continuation of the trial of George Sadan of Vortex 4 George Sadan accused of transmitting a negative aura in second level
1: this is not so I have studied our social, emotional substructures for 140 years. These thoughts are constructive criticisms, pyramidical. I am innocent of psychic violence. As you examine my face and eyes, you will see that this is true.
0: And, and so that's kind of one of the things that these people have been living for at least 200 years, we reckon.
1: Mm.
0: Unable to die. If they die, they come back to life. And they're starting to lose it a bit. And if you start thinking negative thoughts or start insulting people, you get punished by extra life. You get aged. You get aged. Because if you... You'll live forever at the same age, but if you get punished, you get six months here, five years there. And if it gets to a certain point, you get aged to the point of senility.
1: So and this is and they're called Renegades.
0: Renegades, yeah, and they put these renegades they dress them in little suits and put them in a clubhouse.
1: And they roam around (laughs) like zombies.
0: It's very strange. And they they're all just sort of yeah, they're all mad and senile. There's the other group, the apathetics, who are the zombies. They're the the brainless swaying in the breeze. I don't know what quite what they were.
1: And at this point, um, Zed... I mean, later on, sorry, Zed really does become a messiahal sort of character in that uh, his saliva awakens them from their trances? Yeah. Because yeah, well, there's a bit where one of them... He grabs one of them because he wants to have his way with well, her friend, and throws her on a barn. Friend introduces I
0: mean. him to the apathetics and yeah. explains the world. Um, and he sees one and he starts touching her up. Mm. Oh... Sir Connery, uh, and she just doesn't respond. She's completely catatonic,
1: mm. uh,
0: and then but she kind of gets awakened by him early on, and then later on she's the whole apathetics are drawn to him. Yeah, it, it's interesting because what what becomes is that he he becomes death, the symbol of death, the angel of death to the renegades and the eternals. But he becomes a symbol of life to the apathetic. Yeah. What does that mean? That must mean something.
1: He's Moses. He's coming to free the slaves. And, um... Punished to Slave Keepers. Is yeah. I don't know what he is. It's this. um...
0: It's is not the bringer of death and life. Well, death means change, doesn't it? So he's like, I don't know. Uh, it's the exterminator of bad. I don't uh, know. I don't he,
1: know. And then he's in a crystal. He goes into a museum. And there's a the British <laughs> museum. But there's not, um... Yes, and it's... And things rewind, Time rewinds. Now,
0: my favourite thing about this film was Sean Connery's face. <laughs> Zed, the character has no idea what's going on the entire time. Yeah. Nor does Sean Connery. He just spends the entire time looking a bit confused and a little bit angry. There's a scene when... The renegades try and sneak him past the Eternals by dressing him as a bride <laughs> with a veil. And they reveal it by pulling up the veil. And it's just this angry dog face. <laughs> on me, and I laughed out loud.
1: <laughs> it's the, my... You can tell it's him, though. You don't know <laughs> no. You know it's coming. <laughs> and then it's Sean Connery and his big mustache and his big.
0: He just looks so annoyed. <laughs> and I love. And that really. That, all of the confusing weirdness uh, uh, was completely diluted by looking at his uh, face. <laughs> I absolutely loved it. Um, there was a, what was the other interesting thing? Oh, the interesting thing that he, Zed was granted a special privilege of being able to breed because mm-hmm. while they were exterminating people on the outside, his family were chosen yes, as the breeders. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause obviously they have to keep some trace of humanity. Um, so he, but he also, oh God, why does he start doing it? He also gets given the power to sort of read.
1: Yes. They magic a book to him in the, in the library, in the house. They send him, yeah. The Wizard he, of Oz, Zardoz. That's the thing. So he, he ends yeah. up in this,
0: this library and he starts reading and learning, which is also the plot of Battlefield Earth, interestingly. Um, starts reading and learning and discovers the truth. Wizard of Oz, Zardoz. He discovers that their god is a work of fiction just a face yeah just a the mask yeah. um just like in the book so he then him and his his cronies they describe him as mutants um decide to tackle god and that's why he gets in the stone head in the first place
1: mm. huh yeah
0: and then he becomes god
1: he becomes god what what happened uh, there there's a cave thing which ruins the ending i've I mean, it's just a, it's, I mean, it's like I think you've very much illustrated the point that it is um, a deep film with a lot of crazy ideas and so much to explore, but it is terrible.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's it. That's what it comes down to. John Borman, the director uh, and writer, he has dismissed Zardoz in the past, saying he was it was the seventies, he was on a lot of drugs, and even he doesn't know what was going on in some of it. <laughs>
1: I, I always find it um, like like such a mythical phrase when people say it was the '60s and it was the '70s. You think what have they experienced? What <laughs> weird sex cults have they visited? I think
0: Zardoz explains most of that. Yeah,
1: it does. What a weird time! What an amazing time to be alive, and that's <laughs> and that's why um, these kind of films popped up so often. Um, yeah,
0: I just saw the tagline. Do you know the tagline? No. Beyond 1984. Beyond 2001, beyond life, beyond death. Sorry, beyond love, beyond death.
1: Beyond death. death. Oh, wow.
0: Speaking of beyond love, it ends in a very horrible message, doesn't it? Married in a loveless relationship. Yeah, get more aged, be
1: more miserable. (laughs) Have a child. Oh, God. Do, did he just hide in there with, the, with his mates running around and he just hidden there forever? Yeah, I think did so. The, did he get out the cave? Was I don't he, know. Were they licking moss that entire time? Well,
0: could they, they die? Does, was that, that, well, did they become Adam and Eve? Was or, that, they God?
1: or was that just where they went to have their family portraits taken? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's where they went.
0: <laughs> oh, God. Would you like to place Zardoz in the Hall of Fame, robbie
1: uh, absolutely not um, it's not it is not a masterpiece it is not a, a great film I can see why it's a cult classic but it is a festering turd of a movie
0: yeah um, is it would you even describe it as uh, so bad it's good no no I. Uh...
1: it has like there are bits of it that shine like in terms of like concept but it is not a fun movie to watch
0: I think the it's boring oh I didn't find it boring Definitely didn't find it boring. I was bored because I was I was fascinated with why they were doing it, and that kept my attention. Right, I definitely wasn't bored. It what's it like? It's like trying to decipher a diary of a drug addict. It's trying to.
1: I found it. Yeah, that's why I got bored, mate. I was just fed up of. I just got fed up of it after a while. (laughs) I was like, what's
0: going? I yeah. I didn't. I didn't get bored of it. I found it fascinating. In a car crash kind of way. I was like, why like at the end it starts jumping around and skipping. Yeah, it's just mess. Yeah. I mean I would say it's interesting from a philosophical point of view, but yeah. it's not that's it's it. not a film to put on at no. a party, is it? No.
1: <laughs> Absolutely not.
0: Yeah. Well okay. Well there you go, that's Zardoz. Yes. Rest in peace, Sean Connery. Rest in
1: peace, Sean Connery. Yeah. You had the you had
0: the best death. Can I say that? Age ninety in the Bahamas.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. God damn, definitely had a best death. Uh, yeah. I mean, well, that's not going to happen to us. We're not going to be dead. We're not going to be in a tropical paradise when we're ninety. We're going to be, we're going to be pulling a big stone face. <laughs> yeah. us. Yeah. We'd,
0: we'd be growing crops in the yeah. post-apocalyptic nightmare. Yeah. Uh, anyway, there you go.
1: monster is a mirror. And when we look at him, we
0: look into our own hidden faces. Meditate on this at second level.
1: No. No. I will... I will not go to second level. No. No. No.
0: I will, I will not go to second level with you. I will. No. We one mind with you. I know what.
1: I know what may once with it. No. Does No. The vortex is an obscenity. I know. I hate all women. But. Fertility, superstition. Friend is
0: beyond redemption. No. No.
1: Renegade. Renegade. Friend is Renegade.
0: Adam's Film Reviews, Ghosts of War 2020. The
1: outpost is 30
0: miles over those hills. Let's move out.
1: Who are we babysitting this time? Not a who, a mansion. Yowza, yowza, yowza. Speaking of my whole neighborhood in Queens. It was supposed to be a big deal when the 82nd Airborne came through and pushed out the Nazi High Command. This is a life, boys. You hear that? house! <laughs> We need to talk. We stay here we're fishing a barrel. We're staying.
0: What's that? I found it in the basement. Belonged to one of the Nazis who took over the house. It
1: says what happened to the family who lived here. This ain't right, man. This place is bad, Juju.
0: Written and directed by Eric Bress in his first directing credit since 2004's The Butterfly Effect, Ghost of War recently landed on Netflix, having first flopped its way onto digital distribution back in June. And, you know what, going into this film I had no idea what to expect. It's the tail end of the Second World War where we're introduced to five American soldiers from an airborne battalion somewhere in Nazi-occupied France. Seemingly not on the front lines, the five soldiers are directed to hold a chateau cum castle, formerly occupied by Nazi command, before being forced to leave. On their arrival, the five men are more than happy to be holed up in such luxury, resting their aching feet and eating their fill of German sausages, cheese and brandy. Not that they're entirely settled, mind. See, our five soldiers weren't the first to arrive at the mansion, and earlier group of soldiers left in a rush, and we were in no mood to hang around with their relieving force. In no time at all, our heroes begin to see shadows around the mansion and find evidence of the dark deeds of the mansion's previous tenants. Nail marks on the floor, a burned patch of carpet bearing the footprint of a desk chair, movement in the basement and, most worrying of all, the sound of children echoing through the air vents. And that's just the mansion. Oh, American soldiers are showing their own scars, particularly the chilling sniper who has the habit of mutilating corpses and picking gold teeth from enemy combatants. One soldier, the booksmart Eugene, played by Pitch Perfect star Skylar Austin, shares some chilling stories about Tappert, played by Carl... Played by Carl Gaynor. Gaynor. Played by Carl Gainer, In particular, of his brutal butcher of a group of Hitler youth earlier in the war. Ugh. As the film escalates, the soldiers find themselves facing off against Nazi attacks, their own post-traumatic stress, and indeed the screaming apparitions wandering the dark mansion corridors. I've said before that jump scares are not a horror movie, and I stick to it. But Ghost of War, though essentially 90% jump scares for most of the piece, at least had a feeling of something new by sending Armed, battle weary soldiers in against the spectres of the past, you gain a new dimension to the standard white people move into a big house plot. This time, they're armed and dangerous. Oh, and then everything implodes! Yes, in the vague attempt at remaining spoiler free, I have to add that the creeping terror and jump scares that make up this period horror movie aren't all this film has to offer. The final act is so beyond comprehension and indeed redemption, that every effort the film made up until this point is deemed utterly meaningless and undermines the audience in literally the worst the most amateur way possible. As eye-rollingly disappointing as this final act turnaround is, this isn't even the weirdest thing in the film. At one point, out of nowhere, four of our heroes appear to be covered in blood and scars having been perfectly fine a minute before. If you've seen it, you'll know what I mean. They're fiddling with the field radio and start hearing spooky voices on the speaker. Even culminating in some automatic writing straight out of the Evil Dead. And they're beaten to hell. What's more, they gain total undeniable proof that this mansion is haunted at this point. And then in the next scene, they're fine again and not bothered by the spooky spooky ghosts at all. WHAT?! They even proceed to getting beaten and shot at, causing the Bloodied mess they featured in the scene previous. What the hell happened here? Did the editor take a day off? Was he working at 4 o'clock on a Friday during this part of the film? How the hell does a scene get misplaced so badly? And don't even try and pretend it's part of the wobbly timey-wimey nonsense we see at the end, that's just a straight up gaff. There's presumably survived several edits and distribution. Now I wouldn't normally complain about something like that but honestly it really took me out of the movie as I tried to work out what was going on. The end result was that my investment in the story had checked out, grabbed a cab and boarded the plane home and that was way before the film went mad. Watch Ghost of War if you want to know what a professional looking student film looks like because man, it just had so much potential. Is one step away from introducing crab people in the third act, just to end the film. Watch it if you're curious, otherwise, meh. You can't leave. It
1: won't let us leave. This isn't real. This isn't real. This isn't real, this isn't real, this isn't real! This isn't real. Masculinity in film. Yeah, wow. Uh, we were, we were, we were going we to delve into that. I, I, I've had some good talking points. Um, I think off the back of Zardoz, you had a
0: good point that what the hell was Sean Connery wearing?
1: Yeah. That's much more to the point.
0: As uh, He's supposed to represent mortal. He's supposed to represent masculinity. He's supposed to represent...
1: Beastly, uh, kind of, yeah. heathen-esque. Yeah. And yet... Um, it looks like um, something that you buy in a sex dungeon shop.
0: It looks like something the the mannequins wear at Ann Summers.
1: Yeah, it does. Or um, if you went to that kind of gay bar where it's like bears <laughs> and um, you know, like quite um, well, the, the tops, the, feisty. The, I mean, look at the size of his mustache and and the <laughs> the red cross. And the buckles.
0: I mean, obviously he's he's wearing a bandolier across his top. If you don't know what we're talking about, have a little Google of Sean Connery and Zardoz and you'll see exactly what we mean. He's got a little red nappy.
1: He's got like Wonder Woman boots.
0: He's got five high boots and he's got a bandolier, which, I mean, that could be a feather boa mm. from a distance. you know. I think I know what they were trying. If you cover up his bottom half, he's got a sort of Mexican bandito look to him. With the moustache, the long
1: hair. There there are certain men that can pull off a ponytail. Um, Sean Connery's not one of them. No, it
0: turns out, no. At all. I think it's that...
1: Um, I'm not a big fan of a man in a ponytail at the best of times, but Sean Connery has taken it to a... It looks like it's, dren- it's kind of tied into his armpit. Um... I think it looks like...
0: I mean, not to reference Star Trek again, but it looks like it's going for the the Klingon... Attila the Hun, barbarian thing yeah. with the ponytail. I think the the lower half makes no sense. It looks like a stripper. <laughs> if you cover up the bottom half, it looks like a warrior. If you cover up the top half, he's this bloody stripper. Mm. Um, but it was supposed to be masculine, and I get I. It was the mid seventies. I get that, and he does look manly because he's Sean Connery. But anyone else wearing that?
1: That was. I mean, there was no arguments at all but that was seen as manly. I mean, you look at Flash Gordon with Brian Blessed's character, he's quite naked, isn't he? Um, and obviously, older Marvel and DC comics, like we were looking at them earlier, they were very, very, what we would perceive as camp these days. But back in those days, I don't know if it was like the pillar of manliness. Well, I'll well. tell you
0: what, uh, Brian Blessed as Lord Vulcan? Is it Prince Voltan, brother? Uh... It's not dissimilar. Now, it's a bit more manly. It's a, it's
1: a bit more man. It's more strappy and thick, and there's less nipple. It's more armored, and it doesn't have that sex, love, honey, red. Um, but then look at the legs. The legs are out <laughs> on show.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting thing, and it's. I'm sure there's a reason comics had it. I think it was probably to stand them out from everyday. Yeah, because you'd have a you'd have a civilian in a suit. And then you'd have
1: a hero with legs and Look arms. Look how his leg muscles are ripping. Look at his belly. Look at yeah, his exactly. Look exactly.
0: Um, but then, of course... The other characters in Flash Gordon were mostly dressed, so yeah.
1: Well I guess you you look at um even as far back as like two oh far back as two thousand, disgusting. Um <laughs> like um so the X-Men for example, Wolverine in his yellow spandex was um it was never gonna make it onto the two thousand X-Men movie, even then they made Wolverine look cooler. Yeah. They made the X-Men look as uncamp as they could whilst giving them some manner of costume. And then it went on from there, all of the Avengers the campus-looking one is Captain America, I'd say. Um, well, I mean Hawkeye's a bit camp with the leather thing going on. I
0: see in the New Avengers. I th- I don't think Captain America is that camp at all because it's, it's essentially just in biker armor. It's just painted.
1: Yeah. Well, when, when he's got the mask on, it's quite camp. They the never, mask they, is a bit. They never managed to pull that off and make it look. Yeah, good.
0: I agree. I agree. But when he's in the just the the body armor, I think's okay. But what? How would you define? Masculine costume. If you were set a task of making the most manly man, what costume spins the mind from um, film?
1: Obviously, from film, um, if you, like I think Bruce Campbell's Ash represents the kind of man who's the all-rounded American beer chugging. He knows his way around a workshop.
0: Well, he's an everyman.
1: He's an he's an everyman. Yeah. If you're looking at um, historical heroes, I think Conan is like. Much much manlier than uh, the likes of Zardoz. Um, so that's an interesting one. So
0: Conan Arnold Schwarzenegger, he's dressed in basically nothing.
1: Yeah, but it doesn't matter because he's an absolute tank.
0: But that's the thing. That's so as per, as per costume. If Sean Connery was dressed in what Arnie's wearing, would that be more or less? masculine
1: it would it would be less masculine but it would be still significantly more because there's trousers there's kind of um that he had those he was wearing the furs well later it, on yes with the big they, furs yeah they were putting away and he had kind of teeth necklaces on um i'll tell you who's the manliest mm. of all the manlies. aragon Aragon is not camp at all at any point
0: Are we talking costume
1: so, costume okay costume aragon's why well, i would Argon's... i would argue
0: anyone in lord of the Rings
1: yeah aimer
0: is pretty well armoured.
1: Despite, if you read Lord of the Rings, like the books, and especially the Hobbit, they're very. Um, there's a lot of whimsy, and elves are kind of dancing, and yeah, pr- and there's a lot of prancing and so forth. And it's um, Peter Jackson kind of really manned the masculine up. Aragorn was always very masculine in the books, but like in general, it's all beefed up to not be so camp in the films.
0: Yeah, see the films. I think are mostly based in reality. That's why. He comes across better. You don't have any silly feathered helmets and things. There's yeah. no sort of
1: asterisk stuff. The elves are all cool. They never do any sort of fluty mincing, do they? Are you sure? In what part of Lord of the Rings the a elves? A dwarf
0: so loud. <laughs> I would have shot him in the dark.
1: Apart from him. <laughs> <laughs> now, okay.
0: Who is the most manly? Kurt Russell.
1: Kurt is extremely manly. Yeah.
0: In every film? Yeah. Even in... Uh, Christmas Chronicles as Santa. He's wearing yeah. a leather Santa outfit.
1: Um, how much of that is it his attitude?
0: Well, if we're just talking costume.
1: If you're just talking costume, he's. Um...
0: Because Snake Piskin, he doesn't wear all black in the State of New York. He wears, He's wearing camo trousers. Do you
1: have a duster when that up?
0: He does, yeah. More so in the second one. In the second one, is more black. Yeah, see. And it's more silly.
1: It's the big camp, isn't it, still?
0: The first one, I wouldn't say.
1: Yeah, it's like an 80s action hero. He doesn't... Um, I mean, now, that, again, that would be a bit camp. The whole black.
0: Well, that's the thing. In the in the state of New York, he doesn't really wear black. And I think that's to its advantage. There's, there's, I've got a picture of a action figure. But still, the costume, biker boots, combats and leather. Yeah. I mean, that that stands up as manly. Him in... Big trouble in Little China, as well. He's essentially... Uh, that's, again, that's your Ash Williams... Um, every man.
1: Yeah. I mean, and this goes back... I mean, you can tie that as well to like Harrison Ford. I mean, when he's Han Solo, he's not camping. Indiana Jones, he's also not camping. Let's talk about the whip. Oh, I
0: he's mean, a bit silly. Yeah, it is a bit silly. <laughs> no, yeah, true. But, see, I reckon... What's the most manly man in film? I'd have to with Clint Eastwood in the Dollars trilogy.
1: He's quite manly, yeah.
0: The poncho... The worn he's, trousers.
1: He, he's so masculine that he doesn't even joke. The jokes, that's what makes it cuts it cut above. He's just a serious brooding guy, isn't he?
0: Mm. Mm, he does joke a little bit.
1: Heart oh, is very like... <clears throat> <clears throat> he spends a lot of the...
0: You, you insulted my horse. My yeah. horse doesn't like being laughed at. Well, there you go. That's my vote. Clint Eastwood, Dollars Trilogy versus Aragorn.
1: Yeah, I mean. From Clint...
0: the fairy land, Lord of the Rings. Well, I
1: think, no, I think Clint, Clint Eastwood's character is more manly than Aragorn because Aragorn's. Well. No, they're both the same. Fucking...
0: I don't think they're the same. Yeah, they're,
1: they're very similar. They're very similar. Aragorn's not. Um, and he, he doesn't care. About, he's not about greed. He, he, and he's, he, first of all, he shuns his destiny and then he accepts it. Even though in the book, I know he grabs it with both balls. He's like, I want to be the king. I am the king. Look at me. Look at my sword.
0: I think they're very different types of masculine. I think Aradon's the, the paternal masculine. Whereas Clint Eastwood is the rogue.
1: But they both have a, a will. Their, their will to do good is what drives them.
0: Clint Eastwood, man of no name, is more greedy. He sort of does stuff because he gets paid at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, I suppose. But he has a heart.
0: Yeah. Just, well, that's what, that's what I'm saying. There, there's divisions. There's the paternal, looking after the family. Yeah. Taking the throne.
1: I, feel, I suppose Aragorn's more honourable, isn't he? You oh, know? yeah. Yeah. But I wouldn't say they're vastly different. Kurt Russell's more vastly different because he's a smart ass. He's a complete smart well, ass. Well, he's. Harrison Ford. Uh, Snake um,
0: Piskin's based on Clint Eastwood.
1: Yeah, but he's much more sarcastic, isn't
0: <laughs> he? Well, <laughs> that's of the time. That's the 80s, isn't it? I
1: don't know. Yeah. I th- I think yeah, Clint Eastwood's definitely got to be up there. if he's, he's, he's the man with no name. I I, 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 can't I think, think of we've veered
0: a- we've veered away from the costume argument. <laughs>
1: yeah, who's the manliest man? Yeah, I don't know where we're going with this. We, whatever.
0: <laughs> so at the end of the day, Rob, would if you were given the challenge of being a masculine manly man, you would wear a crown and sit on a big golden throne.
1: Yeah, I would. I would. I would definitely. And
0: I would wander the desert. Saving women and men for gold. In a poncho. In a poncho.
1: What wonderful, wonderful. I'm glad that we've set the world to rights by being completely vague in everything <laughs> that we just said in that segment. Hooray! You're welcome guys as Professional Podcasting. Ah oh, that was the show.
0: <laughs> was it?
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well yes, that was the show, wasn't it? Uh thanks so much for listening. Uh, it's our first one back. There's only our second conversation since Halloween. Oh, my God. The first conversation was recorded uh, as part of our Patreon-exclusive podcast, which you can listen to at uh, www... www.patreon.com slash media. And if you like what you hear, do consider throwing some coins at us.
1: Yes, please do. Please do. We're going to do awesome stuff. Very soon and next year, and we need your money, all of it, to do it.
0: <laughs> Obviously, we, we appreciate that the times be tough out there. Um, and for the meantime, we've unlocked all access. So, whatever amount of money you pay in, even if it's the lowest tier, you'll still see our exclusive content. Um, but yeah, get on, get involved. Uh, do follow us at Hollodale Media on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, and why don't you tell us what you think? Uh, Sean Connery looks better in,
1: yeah. Tell us your favorite Sean Connery uh, sex wear. And, um, (laughs) oh, guess what, Adam? What? Well, because there's nothing going on in the next two weeks, we've got to pick a movie. Oh,
0: yeah. Do you know what? I just thought the exact same thing you did. Uh, I think we were both looking around the room in the same way. Uh, was Zardos my pick?
1: Zardos was your pick. So, okay,
0: so you get to
1: choose the film. All right. Oh my. <laughs> Oh wow. Okay, so Adam has just become a man. Um, <laughs> he has a bloody tall station buyers manual.
0: I like looking at the pictures. It's like
1: an Argos catalogue with drills in it. It's,
0: the, it's an Argos catalogue for men like this me. This is the
1: manliest thing you've ever. Had in your room, <laughs> it's normally Transformers toys and pumpkin lights and toy guns, and it's and a helmet you made, and a severed arm, and a severed arm. Woo! <laughs> okay, all right, all right. So Rob's gonna flick through the tool
0: station catalogue <laughs> and stop. He's opened a page and now he's gonna run his finger for a random word. <laughs> uh, what page are you on, but Uh
1: Five hundred and two. Yeah, what? 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 what so, oh, oh, it's pa- power, pa- <laughs> power tool accessories.
0: <laughs> and stop.
1: Max. Max. As in M A X. As in M A X. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> what possible film? With the name Max in it.
0: <laughs> There's loads of stuff you could choose. Hmm Rob is gonna choose the film using the word Max.
1: Oh no. I'm not <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna choose
0: I'm not gonna choose Mad Max. Well, we've already done Mad Max, the yeah, good one. Good.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Alright, there you go. Oh, Alright, cool. Alright, well thank you so much for listening and we'll speak to you in a fortnight. All
1: right, speak to speech in a fortnight. Goodbye. <laughs>